Welcome back to our now weekly podcast here at Vale of Sound. And this time we give you the third installment of our Converge series where we don't talk about Converge a lot, but where we talk with the members of a band about certain other things. Um, and this time I'm very pleased to have Nate on the show who plays bass in Converge. And correct me if I'm wrong, but in Doom Riders you play the guitar, right? Yes. See a man of many facets, uh, or some strings, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so how about the harp next? Uh, I don't know if I have anywhere to put a harp. <laughs> okay, do you also play something like lap steel, lap steel, or something like that? No, but I would love to learn that. that well, that's pretty. That's pretty yeah. difficult. Well, I've, I've had a talk with uh, Dana of Insect Arc a few months ago, and she said that it took her also quite a while to learn it, but now it's her favorite instrument. Yeah, I mean, it looks really fun. I can imagine. So, Nate, I would like to talk with you about ethics and hardcore. Um, but of course, before we do that, we also have to talk a little bit about hardcore and metal music. So what got you into hardcore and metal, first of all? Um, skateboarding, pretty okay. much. Um, you know, I had a little bit of a of an introduction to punk music because my mom liked the Ramones, and um, you know, we, I, I always had music around the house. There was, you know, Lou Reed and Bowie records and stuff like that. So. It wasn't too, you know, out there to, to like punk music. But um, yeah, skateboarding was initially what led me to punk music. Um, reading Thrasher magazine and stuff like that back in the 80s. So was it also more like the skate punk thing, like suicidal tendencies or, um, you know, all of that LA punk stuff? Um, yeah, there was a lot of the LA punk stuff. Um, the, the first punk record I ever owned was Thrasher Skate Rock Volume One, okay. and that was primarily skate bands, you know, mm -hmm. um, the Big Boys and the Faction and uh, uh, JFA and that sort of stuff. But right around that same time, um, you know, if you if you read Thrasher magazine back then, uh, if you just opened up the, th there was notes from the underground, there was Pus Zone, so there, you know, they were always covering music, mm, yeah, you know, pretty, pretty in depth, and so you had that stuff that was always turning turning me on to what was happening, and then you know, if you went to the back of the mag, there was, you know, mail order stuff where like half of the page was skate stuff and the other half of the page was like band t-shirts and stuff like that so you know you start going through all that and you see the the misfits skull and you're like oh that's cool i need to know what that's about and like the dri guy and like all that stuff so yeah, that was initially the, what led me to it yeah the appeal of uh, of some of the band's mascots is amazing right uh, the crimson ghost or also eddie of iron maiden that's always fun to see but has there been any particular record which maybe turned you into like more of a 
metal. I would almost say metal hat, but more into a metal direction. I, I was never a huge metal guy. I, I always liked the the more crossover stuff. Like mm -hmm. I love DRI, but um, early DRI was my favorite. Like dealing with it, the Dirty Rotten LP, COC, The Accused. Like that kind of stuff. Um, you know, my friends back then were like into Metallica and Slayer and all that stuff. And I liked it, but it, it just wasn't my thing. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the first metal record, well, do Danzig records count as metal records? That's a good question. Um, yeah. For the sake of it, let's say they count. Okay. I mean, the metal stuff that I liked had a direct connection to punk and hardcore. Mm -hmm. um, the first metal record, like the first metal band that I got really into was probably Sepultura. Oh. Um, but again, direct connection to punk, you know, like yeah. the, the Cavaleras are both total punk rockers and they love Discharge and you could hear that. We're crust punks, right? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was that, and then um, entombed. But again, you can hear the discharge influence. Yeah, in, that's, that's true. Know? So that's, yeah, that's interesting. So like, you know, then I have to ask a question because like very often some bands are connected with crust punk even though they aren't. But um, Neurosis, the first like two three albums are much crustier than than the last seven or eight yeah uh, would you also rather than prefer something like work by law than over souls of zero no i uh i mean i, I liked word is law when it came out and i loved souls at zero but what drew me to neurosis just aside from them being heavy and you know wild was uh their dedication to progressing and evolution musically so in the case of that band i've always just wanted to see what they come up with next you know and that yeah. i think they set that precedent very early on yeah i mean i i would still say that there are a few bands where I say I, I buy everything, but Neurosis is one of them. You know, whatever comes. D don't doesn't matter. I always buy it instantly. Um, yeah, I I want to know what what it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, because you never know where they're going to go with their next record. And even yeah. though if they go in a different direction, it's still Neurosis. And I think that's also true. For several of your bands, I mean, like wherever they go, you can still very clearly hear, okay, this is Doom Riders, this is Converge. Even though a lot of people think, you know, like with Blood Moon and stuff, there has been a lot of, I don't want to say controversy because that's stupid, but like discussion if that is still Converge. And I always say, like, if you if you don't understand Van Rec, that record, then you haven't understand the band themselves. Yeah, I, mean, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, just that's a good thing, it, you know. That that is a good um, thing. We'll we'll come to that question a little later. Um, Neurosis was a band that um, sort of showed 
me how to do things, I guess, you know, even before I knew that, like, they were always sort of the gold standard of how to, how to operate. Mm. And so the fact that they were so willing to just shed whatever people had put on them and just towards their own path was always what I most respected about them and what I aspired to. Then let's get straight to that question. I mean, like there, with a lot of bands, there's always the question of loyalty and integrity. You know, like how loyal do they have to be to their fans and how how much integrity do they owe to themselves? Do, do you understand fans of your music who complain about ideas you don't share or like directions they expect you to go? Or do you just say, we do our thing for ourselves, first of all? I mean, ultimately, my number one rule has always been make the record you want to listen to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's it. You know, if people want to like it, that's cool. If they don't like it, that's that's okay, too. Um, you know, I, I feel that it, it's, it, you know, there's a weird balance there for sure, because we're really lucky to have such loyal fans. But just like with Neurosis, I think it's really important that you set a precedent right away. This is what we do. This is, you know, there, you're never going to know exactly what to expect from us. Um, yeah. And I think if you do that, you find yourself pretty quickly getting away from those discussions where it's like, you know, you're not giving the fans what they want. And like, but what we do is specifically challenge our fans. So, you know, if, if you're a fan of our band, then that should, I hope that's the thing that's, uh, you know, that's being taken away. But if it's not, that's cool too. I mean, people have different reasons for liking the things they like. So I can't fault anyone for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think the same way too. I mean, like there are bands that challenge you with every record they do, and that is a very good thing. And I think also those are the lasting bands. But I've also had like bands which I really, really, really enjoy, and then all of a sudden they do something where I just simply, sit, for the life of me, could not go along with. Um, you know, one of my favorite bands was Stretch back in the day, and then all of a sudden they did something with Dan the Automator, and it turns out like, like dance pop shit, and it's like, okay, no, I'm out of there. I'm not familiar with with that band. It's like oh. an experimental rock or metal band from like the late '90s, early zeros, um, from Los Gatos, California, um, and but it's just like you know the, the thing is, before that they were really experimental and all of a sudden they do something that just doesn't fit to my mind frame um like let's say all of a sudden you would do a hip-hop album with converge yeah that would be weird but yeah. on the same token um i feel that if whatever i set out to do if, if, if i did it well then i'd be proud of it you know, that that's really all it comes down to like so, sometimes a lot a lot of this stuff is just challenging my challenging ourselves mm -hmm. can we actually pull this off and make it work 
and you know it might not be for everyone but that's okay there there are other records to listen to yeah especially if you have such a long-standing discography like converge of course um now i i like to ask you one initial question about hardcore and ethics um do you think that a certain kind of ethics is and morals is connected to hardcore in general or is it a widespread field of things i think if you would ask me this question 20 years ago i would have said yes there is a, mm -hmm. you know there are morals attached to it now i i don't think there is i i think that hardcore in general um you know you have a musical genre and then you have like a a social scene surrounding it and those things aren't necessarily uh, mutually exclusive um i think that art is literally i mean anyone with any mindset can can make art and music and that's true whether or not i like it or agree with it doesn't matter um so i mean yes as as we've certainly seen over the past you know five or five to eight years like i think um there's a very wide palette of uh political and moral um uh mindsets in hardcore so mm -hmm. yeah you know uh, what i might find idyllic doesn't matter because i'm not in control it doesn't belong to me you know? that is true of course you cannot control the whole scene of course now but you said like 20 years ago you would have said something different can you try to reconstruct what you would have said 20 years ago you know i think it probably wouldn't have made any sense <laughs> i think it would have just been an idyllic early you know an idyllic 20 something year old mm -hmm. trying to put my idea of what something should be on everyone else and mm -hmm. you know ultimately for me hardcore always came down to just staying independent and mm -hmm. not wanting anything to do with the mainstream um culture has changed drastically since then yeah and um how we consume music and art has changed drastically since then and the way that it's distributed has changed drastically since then so you know to someone like me you know it's a lot easier to look at music as a whole and you know pick out the differences between you know a more an underground band and a you know mainstream band or a band trying to exist in the mainstream mm -hmm. um whereas for younger people now who grew up with the internet and with all of this stuff already in place it's not and it's not terribly different you know it, it's it's kind of just yeah that's just music mm. you know, why wouldn't yeah. i listen to this and this yeah which i think is great very there are some very very good things coming from that open mindset i totally agree with that totally um 
However, I also see the change in the last 10 years or so, definitely. Um, because I don't know how it was with you, but something that always got me into hardcore was some kind of a positional, very often like leftist idea. Um, I don't want to say left wing, but rather tending to, to the left side of the, of the political spectrum. Um, and I think when I look at that, I, I don't recognize it anymore. I think politics, politics is very often not part of hardcore anymore. Hardcore turned into something less political, more social, which has its benefits. Well, Definitely has its benefits. I mean, hardcore is old now. I mean, that's got a lot to do with it. Um, when hardcore was in its infancy, it was all very young people, with very strong ideas, you know, seeing through their little blinders about how the world should be. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly a place for that and a need for that kind of expression. Um, but, you know, you, you hardcore people in hardcore are, you know, getting into their 60s now, you know? Yeah. And, Look at and, Milo. Look yeah. At I mean, Graffin from, from Bad Religion. Look at others. Yeah, it's, it's very, very different than when I was yeah. young, you know, where like the average age was you know, anywhere from like 14 to maybe like 23 or something, you know, yeah. like now we're, we're getting people who are, you know, retiring from their jobs, you know, and like are, yeah. you know, becoming senior citizens, which is cool. But um, I think with age, I'm not, I am not a believer in the, that old, you know, axiom that the older you get, the more conservative you become. I, I think that's bullshit. But I do believe the older you get, the more you're just kind of like, the world does not need to know my opinion on this. Because honestly, it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> like, you know, like, and I think that's been something that's happened in hardcore just as it's grown and as people have gotten older, they've just realized, like, I don't need to hear what everybody thinks about every single little thing, you know, and oftentimes a lot of those issues are, you know, fashion just as much as the t-shirts and the clothes they're wearing. Um, they're just picking the right thing to say and, and to, uh, to champion. And, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just like, I just want to know how, you feel man like uh, not not like about everything out out in the world but just how do you feel in there are you okay <laughs> sing about that for a little while you know i mean everyone is um obviously free to sing about whatever they want um but yeah i think just as people have gotten older they've just kind of been like no one fucking cares if i you know if, if I think this historical dude is racist because it's obvious that this guy was racist, you yeah. know, or, or like nobody cares if I think you should be vegan, you know, that's your choice. I yeah. can tell, you know, I can try and set a good example for how I think people should 
you know, what, what I, what I think is a good way to live, but you know, you, yeah, the older you get, the more you just realize it all just becomes white noise. And sometimes it's, it's better to find a way to connect with people here instead of, you know, there. Yeah. But then again, we also have to think about hardcore bands who still, I don't want to say preach, but who are still very, very outspoken about, for example, the necessity of being vegan or uh, the, the quality of a rather leftist ideology. Uh, I'm thinking about bands like Earth Crisis, you know, like very, very strong opinion bands. How do you think about those bands nowadays? I mean, or also, how did you think about bands back then? Like when something came out, like Gamora Season Ends or Firestorm? Um, Earth Crisis never appealed to me. I just okay. wasn't, I wasn't a fan. Like mm -hmm. a lot of that era of hardcore just wasn't my thing. Because of the music or because of the ideology? Well, I guess probably the music. It just wasn't my thing. Um, you know, when that stuff was sort of coming to the forefront in hardcore, I was into Born Against and Rorschach and just noisier, grimier, weirder stuff, you know? Um, yeah interesting that you mentioned Rorschach because that's one of the bands that uh, you randomly hear about but that I think had a huge influence on hardcore they were, at, least um, in, at least in Europe you don't hear about them very often they were a massive influence yeah. on hardcore at least in, in the US and you know to an extent on metal in the way that like I can say that they were a huge influence on Converge and all of my bands. Okay. And, um, you know, whatever influence Converge has had, that can be directly traced to Rorschach. Wow. I, not, I, I mean, not only Rorschach, but, you know, um, Rorschach is certainly one of the bands. Interesting. I had never thought about um, that being an influence on on you or on your bands um so <clears throat> your your bands you know when when you work together with people um is it for you important that you share some some same morals with those people uh, for example could you work with somebody who is a an alternative facts let's storm the capital forerunner Probably not. Um, mostly just because. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess, I guess it would depend on how uh, how loud about it they were. If they never said a word about it to me, then you know maybe. But uh, honestly, it, it's just not something that. Uh, that I adhere to at all. I don't agree with it. And uh, I, I feel like those people would be less likely to want to work with me. <laughs> probably. Probably. Yeah, so. um, no, but I, I know what you mean with uh, if they never spoke about it. Of course, if, if somebody is silent about his or her political ideas, of course, then you cannot know. And yeah. then well, there is a... 
for me, where the where the real line is is, are you using music? Like, is this about art to you and about uh, creating art, or is it about using it as a platform to you know spread propaganda or um, spread? Are you using it as a platform to indoctrinate people? In which case, I'm not interested in doing that. May I ask where, um, <clears throat> I mean, where, where is indoctrination from the left and where is indoctrination from the right and where is indoctrination from other sides as well? Um, but let's think about people like propagandy. Um, who are very, very outspoken about their politics. Uh, I mean, like, think of a record like Failed State. Very, very clear where they are standing. Could you work with those yeah. people? Or would you say, like, mm, too, too much ideology there? No, I mean, I think, uh, generally speaking, I, I, we're probably on the same page. So I don't think it would bother me that much. Mm -hmm. That said, I've ne also never been a huge propaganda Gandhi fan either. So um, it doesn't matter. I'm just throwing out bands, but I'm sure you know. That's why. I love yeah, um, and yeah, and I. That's not a slight towards them. It was just, you know, again, never really my thing. Um, but I, I'd have probably an easier time. Uh, uh, I what's the word I'm looking for? Just reconciling with mm -hmm. that. But again, it's not necessarily like putting that out there is not necessarily what I have set out to do. So on a, in some ways, even if I agree on a personal level, I, it might be a little bit disingenuous to those people, to the other people, mm -hmm. to have me involved, if, if that makes sense. I don't know. I don't really know what I'm saying right now. To be honest, it doesn't matter. I think we're all getting that you say that you could rather work with a band like that. Uh, I also guess that you would agree with um, any band that would be spreading political ideologies is rather not your thing, um, which I think is very interesting uh, because you know all... I, I think it it varies. You know, like I've taken. Uh, war on women out on well not me personally but my two of my bands have taken war on women out on tour and you know i i agree with what they stand for and i'm glad that yeah. they're saying it um yeah. you know it's just i guess the real question for me is are you a good band and are you using are you making good music to get your point across or are you just sort of going through the motions so that you can yell about these things that you think everybody needs to agree with you and there, there's a very fine line there there's like there's a line and i don't really know how to identify it where you know there's people being just being passionate about the way they feel about things mm -hmm. and about about the world and, and the changes the changes that they would like to yep. see and then there are people that are, you know, very adamant about you are wrong and you, 
you know what I mean? And, and to me, the that's accusing like, side. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, you're not, that's not helping. <laughs> you know, mm. that's just make, that's turning people away from me. That's yeah. deepening the trenches, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think Warren Women is a very good band to, to use as an example because I think there is no kind of ideology in Warren Women. I mean, because, other than being very pro feminist. Yeah, but even that is, to me, not an ideology, but it's just, I mean, come on, man, we're, we're talking about women, and, and they are I, totally right when we think about this stupid, misogynist society that some of us want to establish or want to live in. That is not, that is not ideology, that is just necessity. When I think about my nine-year-old daughter living in a world of misogynists, I, uh, I'm sick. I, I agree with you completely. So that's um, to me not ideology. That's just something that that should be human nature to treat I, with respect. I, I agree with you completely. Um, I think it's a statement about um, just this world in general and yeah. culture in general that yeah. it's viewed as um, an extreme, not maybe not extreme, but that it's a polarizing subject to have a band like war on women opening for converge, which I, I can't wrap my head around, but <laughs> yeah, true. whatever, you know, it, uh, ultimately I bottom line, I think it's really good for people to see uh, women on stage. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Yelling about what makes them angry because, you know, we, if we've gotten plenty of the white male perspective in hardcore. So let's yes. hear what other people have to say. Yes. And also, we haven't had lots of bands like War and Women. I mean, we had Punch, and then in the 90s, we had the Riot Girls, but I think there are not that, unfortunately, there are not that many all female bands out there yeah well war on women's not all female yeah but no let's let's say what let, let's say uh bands with a very very pro female point of view yeah i i agree in hardcore especially uh it seems like there is it's it's trending in the opposite direction lately which i am happy to see um yeah, fortunately. but it's still overwhelmingly you know white male yeah, old like we are. Dusty old men. Yeah. Um, I I have a question about, um, you know, we've already had that in a bit, but um, there are conservatives and there are right-wing bands. You know, of course, there is a huge difference between that. Um, and could you see your band Converge or Doom Riders or whichever band we want to talk about, uh, take a band on tour, which is not preaching, not preaching, which is not sharing any kind of ideology, but whose members are of a more conservative nature. Could you see them taking, could you see yourself taking them on tour? I mean, I'm sure we have, you know, we've taken, I couldn't even name half of the bands we've taken on tour over the years there's been so many and although you loved them all to make that sure uh no, <laughs> no. that's a very 
honest not all answer. Of them, but you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I, now we have a lot more control over that. But uh, yeah, I mean, there have been I, numerous people who I've disagreed with on lots of very fundamental things that, that I've been on the road with and it's okay. Do you enjoy that status that you are now more in control of who you tour with? Um, yeah, I guess so. Makes it, it, you know, it, it's nice to be able to, uh, I, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is just sort of shape of, a tour now and say, you know, this is what we want to go for on this one. Like, you know, just does it make it, life on the road easier? It does usually, you know, when you have a bunch of people that you, that you really enjoy spending time with and you're able to bring them out on the road with you, it's, mm -hmm. it's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I also always enjoy meeting new people and I, I you know, I try to champion new bands as much as possible and bring out bands I've never met before just because I, you know, I think they're doing something cool. So. Mm -hmm. So you've said that now you are more in control about, you know, the touring and stuff. Um, I mean, we all know that moment when you worked with somebody and a few years later, you notice that that person uh, turned out to be on the wrong side of things. I mean, we cannot change that, but do you take lessons from it for your own touring business and all, all, all the other things? Um, I mean, I don't know if I can point to anyone directly mm. in our history that, that would fit that description. Good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure some eagle-eyed listener out there can go through the vast history of this band and find, no, you knew this guy. And I'd be like, oh yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> but, um, you mean those internet warriors, right? Keyboard warriors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, whatever people are going to do what they want to do. It's not my business. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I don't feel like we really have that. Um, yeah. I mean, we've always just kind of, looked for kindred spirits not necessarily on a musical level you know sonically mm -hmm. but that just like to approach things the same way we do so can you name like two or three tours where you really like to be on tour with that band or those bands i mean there were bands that we took out multiple times that we loved you know we which loved. already speaks volumes right Yeah, like Coliseum, we took out numerous times. Uh, Planes Mistaken for Stars, Rise and Fall. Mm. You know, I mean, it wasn't us taking them out, but Neurosis, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Very much Kindred Spirits. Um, I don't know. You know, there's a ton. Like, it's sort of like a weird, a weird extended family. And then when you sort of, dig back into the history of it all a bit, you know, especially back to that initial Boston, like mid to late nineties scene with like Hydrahead records and converge and cave in and all of our little 
little group of friends. I mean, it's all stayed very um, just intertwined. You know, we're all still making music together and we're all still friends and we always look for reasons to either tour in our projects together or tour with each other's bands and, you know, just through that, we've met so many other people that uh, sort of operate the same way. And those are the people we choose to work with. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned those, that little, that, that little <clears throat> core of Boston bands, you know, um, because I always had the feeling that even though there were sonical differences between all of them, but you had a feeling as if it was all held together by some kind of mutual love and respect and however you want to call it for each other. And that is something that I also still recognize in all of the new records that have been put out by those bands. I mean, like the Old Man Gloom album. I mean, like we're talking about a bunch of people who are living on opposite side of the continent, right? Yeah. Um, even though there are sometimes differences between the drummer on the internet and his singer. But I think that's also a trademark of Old Man Gloom. Well, yeah. That's <laughs> always been... Has yeah. it always been that way? Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. The, old Man... The thing that people don't understand about Old Man Gloom... You know, I guess... Looking at the members of the band and you know, the other music we've made and, and the music that Old Man Gloom has made. Um, Old Man Gloom is not in any way a serious band. Everything, everything in that band, literally everything, has always been specific, specifically just to make each other laugh. That's it. It's just to have fun. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't, try to make the best possible music that we can that is but, something different that's true but e even the stuff that seems very serious is very often a joke well i mean like putting out a promo record and then all of a sudden hitting the fans with a some little with like something totally different that is already a good joke oh thank you that upset some people well but i think there were back at with what you expect, right? Um, and how you understand the band. Um, with oh, Old yeah. Man Gloom, I had never the feeling as if we're talking about a band that takes... It, you do take the music you make serious, but not up to an extent where it becomes ideology or where it becomes, okay, we got to be serious about a topic. That's not that's not Old Man Gloom. No. It, I mean, if... If anything that Old Man Gloom does upsets you, you really need to go back and just look at the history of this band mm -hmm. and see how obvious it is that at every step on this journey, whenever we've done anything, we very easily could have done the thing that probably would have um, helped our careers. But <laughs> instead, we, we did the thing that was most the, the most likely thing to destroy our careers. So, uh, um, and we laughed about it. So that's all that matters. Could that also be because most of you, um, or basically all of you, already had like a career outside of Old Man Gloom? 
Uh, possibly a bit, but I think we always wanted to keep it as something that was fun instead of turning it into something that became a, a, a source of stress and frustration. Let me so, guess, that is also something that you're trying to stay away from in all your other bands nowadays, right? Uh, it is, but, you know, th in certain ways, you know, that's somewhat unavoidable. I mean, you know, Converge is definitely more of uh, an institution, I guess. Um, if, you know, th that would be my main band and mm. the one that, you know, is the most full-time of, of everything. So we have to be mindful of true but even then also with converge i never had the feeling as if you are trying to force anything because oh, i mean no. already look at the the time between um between new records that's true i mean a lot of that is also just because of necessity that's just how that worked out because mm -hmm. you know one member of the band maybe moved to another part of the country or, um, you know, we were just touring a ton, you know, it just, we, we do it when we can do it. And I don't think any of us are interested in putting out a record that isn't, you know, up to our standards. <laughs> one second. Sorry, one minute. No problem. That is something that happens at home here at Vale of Sound also all the time because we also have children in the house. I don't know if she wants to go out, kiddo. All right, you can try. Sorry. No problem. No problem. Um, it's nice to see that all other people are also dealing with the other problems, with the same problems. Uh, yeah, you know how it is, dad life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wants to go, kiddo, but you you can go out and have fun, okay? All right. Just come back before noon, before midnight. Yeah. That's what my dad always used to say. Come back before midnight, and tomorrow is a school day. So if you go to a concert, make sure you wake up. <laughs> that's uh, that's fairly similar. I was never yeah. there. Did you also ever have the bucket of water thrown at you at seven in the morning because you didn't get up? I did not have I that. Ha I had that because he was, if there was one thing Thankfully. that he was strict about, then it was going to school. But on yeah, the other well, hand, it, it, good thing. yeah, on the other hand, it also made me enjoy concerts very, very early on. I mean, like one of the first ones was Suicidal, where we closed the circle again. Uh, with a certain opening band that you might have heard of called Rage Against the Machine. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. First time I saw Suicidal was opening for Queensryche. <laughs> that's an interesting combination. Yeah, I, di I didn't care about Queensryche. I just went to see Suicidal and I left. Yeah, with, I, us it, with us it was the other way around. We didn't know who the opening band was. And, well, after like two songs, nobody thought about Suicidal anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I've been to plenty of shows like that, too. But, uh, yeah, that one in particular, 
I was like, I'm going to see suicidal tendencies. And it was um, maybe, I think it was right when Lights, Camera, Revolution came out. So that, it was pretty cool. I um, like I wasn't into that record, but you know, I still was psyched to see them. A few last questions, um, and those are always our like quick fire questions where you just simply can spit out your answer and, and maybe give a short explanation. Um, suicidal tendencies or dead Kennedys? Or what? Yeah, you just have to choose. Oh, I have to choose? Yeah. I can't. No, no, no. no. I, I not... need to know the parameters of the choice here. Okay, listening at home. Would Depends you rather on put on a suicidal record or a Dad Kennedy's record? It really depends on my mood. <laughs> um, yeah. I, that's a 50-50. Just depends on my mood kind of thing. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, you're living in Massachusetts, so I got to ask one sports question. Uh, okay. Baseball or football? I guess football. Okay. I mean, I, I don't – I'm not really a sports fan. Um, but if I'm going to watch something, I think football is a little – is more action. True. Yeah. Baseball is the best thing to make my wife fall asleep. Yeah. yeah. Baseball, like, I, you know, I understand you hit the ball and you run around the bases and I, I understand the rules, but like the strategy in baseball, it just goes over my head. I, I don't get it. Yeah. The rules are definitely more complicated than in football. Definitely. Yeah. Like football, it, yeah, you, there's, people running into each other and running around and it's, it can be fun to watch. Although, you know, I don't really care. Um, holiday choice, mountains, mountain life or sea life, like where you go to the mountains or rather to the sea. I'm a beach guy all the way. Mm -hmm. I've never lived farther than 10 minutes from the beach in my life. You still do. I, I envy you. I envy I you. Have to be near the beach. So is it also something that you visit regularly? Yeah. Also, in I mean, like you've been sp speaking about um, about snow snowstorm coming, even in times and days like that. Uh, not every day. I mean, not not in the middle of a snowstorm, but like not in the middle of a snowstorm, no. But yeah, during the winter, okay. I like to take the dog there and let her run around and stuff. Okay, uh, dogs or cats. That wasn't on my list, but still, I have to ask. Oh, definitely. Oops. I'm allergic to cats. So. Well, that makes the choice easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, guitar or bass? Uh, that's, a, again, the mood. It's all about the mood. I, like, I guess if I'm writing music, guitar. Mm -hmm. But um, otherwise, it depends on who's in the room and who's doing what, mm -hmm. you know? If, if someone's already got, got a guitar or two people already have a guitar, I'll pick up a bass. Whatever. I don't care. It's would all fun. Would you describe yourself as a pragmatic person in that way? Yeah, I guess. Interesting. Um, 
to me it's not about it's never been about guitar or bass it's just been about making good songs mm -hmm. so you know uh, to me like get people that want to master the instrument mm -hmm. i don't i just want it to me it's just a tool to make a song that i like it's interesting i also never had the the impression with any of your bands as if there were people in there who wanted to impress the audience you know that's none of the bands really seems to want to do that well, we can. <laughs> now now, you, now you're being too humble i guess that there are a lot of people in a lot of bands you play in and yourself that could impress people I'm very well, sure they might be able to Ah, don't don't under don't in German we would say uh, don't put yourself in the line or in the shadows. Uh, you you well, are good at what you do. Well, thank um, you for, but I can. I mean, you're in, not Pastorius. Uh, put it into perspective. Hmm? Someone who plays drums watching Ben play drums hmm? versus someone who plays bass watching me play bass. Hmm? The drummer is going to be like, "Holy shit, that dude is good." The bassist will be like, yeah, he plays bass in that song. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> it works. It works in the song is what, is what they would say. Okay. Um, virgin margarita or a regular margarita? Uh, I guess that depends on if I want to throw up. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm not a big drinker. Okay. Um, I'll have a taste every now and then. Yeah. Uh, or would would would, would the question think... be better with red with wine and beer? Would that be better? I don't like either. Oh, interesting. Uh, so, um, so you... I, I will. I like a margarita, but honestly, probably couldn't finish a whole one. That's how much of a lightweight I am. Well, I'm even lighter than you, being straight edge for life. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I was. Too. Was, I was straight edge, and then now, with me, it was never a decision. It was just, uh, it was that way. I never had, I never came to a point where I had to decide. Yeah, um, I mean, I didn't either. It, it, it was never like a, I'm going to be straight edge now thing. It was just like I don't drink. Okay, oh, that works. That's, yeah. And then you know, as I've gotten older, I realized that. For me, at least, the sort of super adamant adherence to this strict guideline mm -hmm. that was really, honestly, kind of arbitrary in my life, um, mm -hmm. it just stopped mattering to me. And yeah, I think I, I, I think that's interesting. I, you know, I barely drink. You know, literally, like maybe once or twice a year, I'll have about that much alcohol. Because you know, I don't really like it, um, yeah. And like to to me, looking back now, I realize that straight edge was not about adhering to any sort of lifestyle or any set of rules. It was just about making choices to live my life in a healthy way. And mm -hmm. now that I'm an adult it's a lot easier for me because I was straight edge for so long to just live that way without, you know, needing the uh, 
needing to adhere to a rule. You know, it's it's like, yeah, okay, I can, uh, sure, I will have a sip of that. You know, my wife drinks every now and then. She'll get a margarita. Same yeah, same. Here. I'll be like, I want to, that, that's all pink and has sugar in it. Let me try that. <laughs> you know, or, yeah. or just stuff like that. Or, you know, now I, um, like I work in the cannabis industry and like, uh, it's, I've learned a lot about that and I've seen how positive that can be for people dealing with chronic pain and, and things of that nature. And so my whole, you know, attitude about that has changed. And, you know, I just, yeah. But I also don't know how it was with you. I mean, like we come from a scene where, or from, from a generation, you know, where, where smoking weed and stuff was normal, you know, being yeah. the opposite was unnormal, even though it was not bad, but unnormal. Yeah. Uh, but I also never considered anybody who smoked weed uh, a drughead, you know, like that, that has yeah. never occurred to me. Um, and I, probably I have, not the same with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I came up in hardcore and punk in the late 80s and early 90s. And, you know, that that scene was kind of overrun with people that were just drug casualties and um and so i didn't want to be like that um and it that was more what drove me rather than you know the normal sort of youth culture at the time where people were drinking or doing smoke smoking weed or whatever like i wasn't interested in their world anyways you know and they weren't interested in mine I was interested in skateboarding and punk rock. And in that world, I saw people who were older than me that were completely fucking just burned out. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to be like that. Yeah. But flash, you know, fast forward, you know, and, you know, whatever number of years, like to the mid and late nineties where straight edge took a turn towards the conservative and um it became very much like this is what you do and if you don't do this then you're yeah. wrong and, and i was just like i want nothing to do with this either and so that was that was really what started turning me away from it straight edge is what turned me away from straight edge if that makes which sense. is very very interesting i think you know if uh <clears throat> once again if i ever had been a conscious decider on the question it would also have turned me away because um to me, it's more of an attitude and not an ideology. But as you said, there were, there were moments when it became like militant. I still remember, uh, I still remember Karl Buchner from Earth Crisis jumping off stage into the crowd because a friend of mine had completely forgotten where he was and had lit a cigarette. Yeah, it's, I don't know, it, it, it just turns. Militancy is never a good thing. I. I agree. I have two more. Sure. One which is hopefully easy and one which is probably easy. Okay. Roadburn, uh, just quick, just uh, I want your readers to forgive me, but I've got snot coming out of my nose and I got to wipe it off. Nah, no problem. I mean, like, they've seen me drink so much water today because also being sick, so all good. All right, cool. Well, I'm gross. <laughs> Sorry. Some people. Some people would say the same thing about me drinking water too. So, Roadburn or Hellfest? Roadburn. 
I love Hellfest. <laughs> love Hellfest. But Roadburn is a whole different experience. Yeah. I still remember uh, seeing you in 2018. I mean, Hellfest. Awesome. Hellfest, some of the best live sets I've ever played have been at Hellfest. Okay. And at Roadburn, to be honest. But um, Hellfest, you know, it's just a big classic festival situation mm-hmm. where, you know, it's it's just a very different thing. Like Roadburn, it's it's the town of Tilburg. Yep. And people are just hanging out, going to restaurants and, you know, there's the hotel right across the street and you're just going over there and back and forth and, Oh, I'm going to go catch this band over here yeah, now. And right. It's, it's more mellow, I guess. Definitely. The, Definitely. And um, generally speaking, Roadburn sort of speaks to my musical tastes a bit more than Hellfest does. Although yeah. Hellfest mm-hmm. has surprised me numerous times where you know, there was this whole main stage of headliners that are things that I was like, I don't care about that. You know, I'm not going to watch that. And then the next thing you know, I'm standing singing along to every Def Leppard song. You know, <laughs> like, it's I didn't realize how many Def Leppard songs I knew until I watched them at Hellfest. And I was like, holy shit, they had a lot of hits. Yeah. Definitely. You know? that, and, that, that is definitely for sure. Yeah. So I love Hellfest, but Roadburn has my heart. I think it's also the fact that, just like you said, for one, I mean, let's be honest, we're 40 year olds, right? So uh, sleeping in a comfy bed is much nicer than in a tent. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, going to a real restaurant instead of getting some really, yeah. you know, yeah rise hmm. from yeah. a from a trailer you know yeah that's true and now the easy question i hope i, I think that is an easy question uh, discharge or rorschach i that's a confusing question because no, just like what what you would put on right now <sighs> right now right now after the interview is done, after you can say like, oh, that guy was such a mess. Yeah, I guess, I guess Rorschach. Hmm. I, I think because in the case of Rorschach, um, I was there for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a little more interwoven into my life. Mm-hmm. Whereas Discharge, I love Discharge. Um but it, it was a little it, earlier, right? Yeah, discharge sort of existed in the uh, as a mythical thing to me for a long time. That's true. Um, so yeah, I, I guess Rorschach. Although Rorschach likely wouldn't exist if discharge didn't exist. That is also true. That is also true. So that was the or that is the end of our interview. So. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks, Nate, for being here. And, uh, of course, everybody who has now watched the first three episodes, we will have another one with Ben coming up next month. So we're looking forward to completing our set of Converge topics or Converge people. Nate, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was uh, was fun. 
It's been a good one. Thank you.